Romans, chapter 9. I am a follower of Christ, and the Holy Spirit is a witness to my conscience. So I tell the truth, and I am not lying when I say my heart is broken, and I am in great sorrow. I would gladly be placed under God's curse and be separated from Christ for the good of my own people. They are the descendants of Israel. They are also God's chosen people. God showed them his glory. He made agreements with them and gave them his law. The temple is theirs, and so are the promises that God made to them. They have those famous ancestors who were also the ancestors of Jesus Christ. I pray that God, who rules over all, will be praised for ever. Amen. It cannot be said that God broke his promise. After all, not all the people of Israel are the true people of God. In fact, when God made the promise to Abraham, he meant only Abraham's descendants by his son Isaac. God was talking only about Isaac when he promised Sarah, At this time next year I will return, and you will already have a son. Don't forget what happened to the twin sons of Isaac and Rebekah. Even before they were born or had done anything good or bad, the Lord told Rebekah that her elder son would serve the younger one. The Lord said this to show that he makes his own choices, and it wasn't because of anything either of them had done. That's why the scriptures say that the Lord liked Jacob more than Esau. Are we saying that God is unfair? Certainly not. The Lord told Moses that he has pity and mercy on anyone he wants to. Everything then depends on God's mercy and not on what people want or do. In the scriptures, the Lord says to Pharaoh of Egypt, I let you become king so that I could show you my power and be praised by all people on earth. Everything depends on what God decides to do and he can either have pity on people or make them stubborn. Someone may ask, how can God blame us if he makes us behave in the way he wants us to? But my friend, I ask, who do you think you are to question God? Does the clay have the right to ask the potter why he shaped it the way he did? Doesn't a potter have the right to make a fancy bowl and a plain bowl out of the same lump of clay? God wanted to show his anger and reveal his power against everyone who deserved to be destroyed. But instead, he patiently put up with them. He did this by showing how glorious he is when he has pity on the people he has chosen to share in his glory. Whether Jews or Gentiles, we are those chosen ones. Just as the Lord says in the book of Hosea, Although they are not my people, I will make them my people. I will treat with love those nations that have never been loved. Once they were told, You are not my people, but in that very place they will be called children of the living God. And this is what the prophet Isaiah said about the people of Israel. The people of Israel are as many as the grains of sand along the beach, but only a few who are left will be saved. The Lord will be quick and sure to do on earth what he has warned he will do. Isaiah also said, If the Lord All-Powerful had not spared some of our descendants, 
we would have been destroyed, like the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. What does all this mean? It means that the Gentiles were not trying to be acceptable to God, but they found that He would accept them if they had faith. It also means that the people of Israel were not acceptable to God, and why not? It was because they were trying to be acceptable by obeying the law instead of by having faith in God. The people of Israel fell over the stone that makes people stumble, just as God says in the scriptures, "Look, I am placing in Zion a stone to make people stumble and fall, but those who have faith in that one will never be disappointed." Romans, chapter ten. Dear friends, my greatest wish and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know they love God, but they don't understand what makes people acceptable to Him, so they refuse to trust God, and they try to be acceptable by obeying the law. But Christ makes the law no longer necessary for those who become acceptable to God by faith. Moses said that a person could become acceptable to God by obeying the law. He did this when he wrote, "If you want to live, you must do all that the law commands." But people whose faith makes them acceptable to God will never ask, "Who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down?" Neither will they ask, "Who will go down into the world of the dead to raise him to life?" All who are acceptable because of their faith simply say. The message is as near as your mouth or your heart, and this is the same message we preach about faith. So you will be saved if you honestly say, "Jesus is Lord," and if you believe with all your heart that God raised Him from death, God will accept you and save you if you truly believe this and tell it to others. The scriptures say that no one who has faith will be disappointed, no matter if that person is a Jew or a Gentile. There is only one Lord, and He is generous to everyone who asks for His help. All who call out to the Lord will be saved. How can people have faith in the Lord and ask Him to save them if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? And how can anyone tell them without being sent by the Lord? The scriptures say it is a beautiful sight to see even the feet of someone coming to preach the good news. Yet not everyone has believed the message. For example, the prophet Isaiah asked, "Lord, has anyone believed what we said?" No one can have faith without hearing the message about Christ. But am I saying that the people of Israel did not hear? No, I'm not. The scriptures say, "The message was told everywhere on earth; it was announced all over the world." Did the people of Israel understand or not? Moses answered this question when he told that the Lord had said, "I will make Israel jealous of people who are a nation of nobodies. I will make them angry with people who don't understand a thing." Isaiah was fearless enough to tell that the Lord had said. I was found by people who were not looking for me. I appeared to the ones who were not asking about me. And Isaiah said about the people of Israel, 
All day long the Lord has reached out to people who are stubborn and refuse to obey. Romans chapter 11 Am I saying that God has turned his back on his people? Certainly not. I am one of the people of Israel, and I myself am a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not turn his back on his chosen people. Don't you remember reading in the scriptures how Elijah complained to God about the people of Israel? He said, Lord, they killed your prophets and destroyed your altars. I am the only one left, and now they want to kill me. But the Lord told Elijah, I still have 7,000 followers who have not worshipped Baal. It's the same way now. God was kind to the people of Israel, and so a few of them are still his followers. This happened because of God's undeserved kindness and not because of anything they have done. It could not have happened except for God's kindness. This means that only a chosen few of the people of Israel found what all of them were searching for, and the rest of them were stubborn, just as the scriptures say, God made them so stupid that their eyes are blind, and their ears are still deaf. Then David said, Turn their meals into bait for a trap, so that they will stumble and be given what they deserve. Blindfold their eyes, don't let them see. Bend their backs beneath a burden that will never be lifted. Do I mean that the people of Israel fell never to get up again? Certainly not. Their failure made it possible for the Gentiles to be saved, and this will make the people of Israel jealous. But if the rest of the world's people were helped so much by Israel's sin and loss, they will be helped even more by their full return. I'm now speaking to you Gentiles, and as long as I am an apostle to you, I will take pride in my work. I hope in this way to make some of my own people jealous enough to be saved. When Israel rejected God, the rest of the people in the world were able to turn to him. So when God makes friends with Israel, it will be like bringing the dead back to life. If part of a batch of dough is made holy by being offered to God, then all the dough is holy. If the roots of a tree are holy, the rest of the tree is holy too. You Gentiles are like branches of a wild olive tree that were made to be part of a cultivated olive tree. You've taken the place of some branches that were cut away from it. And because of this, you enjoy the blessings that come from being part of that cultivated tree. But don't think you're better than the branches that were cut away. Just remember that you are not supporting the roots of that tree. Its roots are supporting you. Perhaps you think those branches were cut away so that you could be put in their place. That's true enough. But they were cut away because they did not have faith. And you are where you are because you do have faith. So don't be proud, but be afraid. If God cut away those natural branches, couldn't he do the same to you? Now you see both how kind and how hard God can be. He was hard on those who fell, but he was kind to you.
and he will keep on being kind to you if you keep on trusting in his kindness. Otherwise, you will be cut away too. If those other branches will start having faith, they will be made a part of that tree again. God has the power to put them back. After all, it wasn't natural for branches to be cut from a wild olive tree and to be made part of a cultivated olive tree. So it's much more likely that God will join the natural branches back to the cultivated olive tree. My friends, I don't want you Gentiles to be too proud of yourselves. So I will explain the mystery of what has happened to the people of Israel. Some of them have become stubborn and they will stay like that until the complete number of you Gentiles has come in. In this way, all Israel will be saved. As the scriptures say, From Zion someone will come to rescue us. Then Jacob's descendants will stop being evil. This is what the Lord has promised to do when he forgives their sins. The people of Israel are treated as God's enemies so that the good news can come to you Gentiles. But they are still the chosen ones, and God loves them because of their famous ancestors. God doesn't take back the gifts he has given, or forget about the people he has chosen. At one time you Gentiles rejected God, but now Israel has rejected God and you have been shown mercy. And because of the mercy shown to you, they will also be shown mercy. All people have disobeyed God, and that's why he treats them as prisoners. But he does this so that he can have mercy on all of them. Who can measure the wealth and wisdom and knowledge of God? Who can understand his decisions or explain what he does? Has anyone known the thoughts of the Lord or given him advice? Has anyone loaned something to the Lord that must be repaid? Everything comes from the Lord. All things were made because of him and will return to him. Praise the Lord forever. Amen. Romans chapter 12 Dear friends, God is good. So I beg you to offer your bodies to him as a living sacrifice, pure and pleasing. That's the most sensible way to serve God. Don't be like the people of this world, but let God change the way you think. Then you will know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to him. I realise how kind God has been to me, and so I tell each of you not to think you are better than you really are. Use good sense, and measure yourself by the amount of faith that God has given you. A body is made up of many parts, and each of them has its own use. That's how it is with us. There are many of us, but we are each part of the body of Christ, as well as part of one another. God has also given each of us different gifts to use. If we can prophesy, we should do it according to the amount of faith we have. If we can serve others, we should serve. If we can teach, we should teach. If we can encourage others, we should encourage them. If we can give... We should be generous. If we are leaders, we should do our best. If we are good to others, we should do it cheerfully. Be sincere in your love for others. Hate everything that is evil and hold tight to everything that is good. 
love each other as brothers and sisters and honour others more than you do yourself. Never give up. Eagerly follow the Holy Spirit and serve the Lord. Let your hope make you glad. Be patient in time of trouble and never stop praying. Take care of God's needy people and welcome strangers into your home. Ask God to bless everyone who ill-treats you. Ask him to bless them and not to curse them. When others are happy, be happy with them. And when they're sad, be sad. Be friendly with everyone. Don't be proud and feel that you are cleverer than others. Make friends with ordinary people. Don't ill-treat someone who has ill-treated you. But try to earn the respect of others. And do your best to live at peace with everyone. Dear friends, don't try to get even. Let God take revenge. In the scriptures, the Lord says, I am the one to take revenge and pay them back. The scriptures also say, If your enemies are hungry, give them something to eat. And if they are thirsty, give them something to drink. This will be the same as piling burning coals on their heads. Don't let evil defeat you, but defeat evil with good. Romans chapter 13 Obey the rulers who have authority over you. Only God can give authority to anyone, and he puts these rulers in their places of power. People who oppose the authorities are opposing what God has done, and they will be punished. Rulers are a threat to evil people, not to good people. There is no need to be afraid of the authorities. Just do right, and they will praise you for it. After all, they're God's servants, and it is their duty to help you. If you do something wrong, you ought to be afraid, because these rulers have the right to punish you. They are God's servants who punish criminals to show how angry God is. But you should obey the rulers because you know it is the right thing to do, and not just because of God's anger. You must also pay your taxes. The authorities are God's servants, and it is their duty to take care of these matters. Pay all you owe, whether it is taxes and fees, or respect and honour. Let love be your only debt. If you love others, you have done all that the law demands. In the law there are many commands, such as be faithful in marriage, do not murder, do not steal, do not want what belongs to others. But all these are summed up in the command that says love others as much as you love yourself. No one who loves others will harm them. So love is all that the law demands. You know what sort of times we live in, and so you should live properly. It's time to wake up. You know that the day when we will be saved is nearer now than when we first put our faith in the Lord. Night is almost over, and day will soon appear. We must stop behaving as people do in the dark and be ready to live in the light. So behave properly, as people do in the day. Don't go to wild parties or get drunk, or be vulgar or indecent. Don't quarrel or be jealous. Let the Lord Jesus Christ be as near to you as the clothes you wear. Then you won't try to satisfy your selfish desires.
Romans, chapter 14. Welcome all the Lord's followers, even those whose faith is weak. Don't criticize them for having beliefs that are different from yours. Some think it is right to eat anything, while those whose faith is weak will eat only vegetables. But you should not criticize others for eating or for not eating. After all, God welcomes everyone. What right do you have to criticize someone else's servants? Only their Lord can decide if they are doing right, and the Lord will make sure that they do right. Some of the Lord's followers think one day is more important than another. Others think all days are the same. But each of you should make up your own mind. Any followers who count one day more important than another day do it to honour their Lord. And any followers who eat meat give thanks to God, just like the ones who don't eat meat. Whether we live or die, it must be for God, rather than for ourselves. Whether we live or die, it must be for the Lord. Alive or dead, we still belong to the Lord. This is because Christ died and rose to life, so that he would be the Lord of the dead and of the living. Why do you criticise other followers of the Lord? Why do you look down on them? The day is coming when God will judge all of us. In the scriptures God says, I swear by my very life that everyone will kneel down and praise my name. And so each of us must give an account to God for what we do. We must stop judging others. We must also make up our minds not to upset anyone's faith. The Lord Jesus has made it clear to me that God considers all foods fit to eat. But if you think some foods are unfit to eat, then for you they are not fit. If you are hurting others by the foods you eat, you are not guided by love. Don't let your appetite destroy someone Christ died for. Don't let your right to eat bring shame to Christ. God's kingdom isn't about eating and drinking. It is about pleasing God, about living in peace, and about true happiness. All this comes from the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ in this way, you will please God and be respected by people. We should try to live at peace and help each other have a strong faith. Don't let your appetite destroy what God has done. All foods are fit to eat, but it is wrong to cause problems for others by what you eat. It's best not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that causes problems for other followers of the Lord. What you believe about these things should be kept between you and God. You are fortunate if your actions don't make you have doubts. But if you do have doubts about what you eat, you are going against your beliefs. And you know that is wrong, because anything you do against your beliefs is sin. Romans chapter 15 If our faith is strong, we should be patient with the Lord's followers whose faith is weak. We should try to please them instead of ourselves. We should think of their good and try to help them by doing what pleases them. Even Christ did not try to please himself. But as the scriptures say, the people who insulted you also insulted me. And the scriptures were written to teach and encourage us by giving us hope. God is the one who makes us patient and cheerful. I pray that he will help you live at peace with each other as you follow Christ.
then all of you together will praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Honour God by accepting each other, as Christ has accepted you. I tell you that Christ came as a servant of the Jews to show that God has kept the promises he made to their famous ancestors. Christ also came so that the Gentiles would praise God for being kind to them. It's just as the scriptures say, I will tell the nations about you, and I will sing praises to your name. The scriptures also say to the Gentiles, Come and celebrate with God's people. Again the scriptures say, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. All you nations, come and worship him. Isaiah says, Someone from David's family will come to power. He will rule the nations, and they will put their hope in him. I pray that God, who gives hope, will bless you with complete happiness and peace because of your faith. And may the power of the Holy Spirit fill you with hope. My friends, I'm sure that you're very good and that you have all the knowledge you need to teach each other. But I have spoken to you plainly and have tried to remind you of some things. God was so kind to me. He chose me to be a servant of Christ Jesus for the Gentiles and to do the work of a priest in the service of his good news. God did this so that the Holy Spirit could make the Gentiles into a holy offering pleasing to him. Because of Christ Jesus, I can take pride in my service for God. In fact, all I will talk about is how Christ let me speak and work so that the Gentiles would obey him. Indeed, I will tell how Christ performed miracles and wonders by the power of the Holy Spirit. I have preached the good news about him all the way from Jerusalem to Illyricum. But I have always tried to preach where people have never heard about Christ. I'm like a builder who doesn't build on anyone else's foundation. It's just as the scriptures say, All who haven't been told about him will see him, and those who haven't heard about him will understand. My work has always kept me from coming to see you. Now there is nothing left for me to do in this part of the world, and for years I've wanted to visit you. So I plan to stop off on my way to Spain. Then after a short but refreshing stay with you, I hope you will quickly send me on. I'm now on my way to Jerusalem to deliver the money that the Lord's followers in Macedonia and Achaia collected for God's needy people. This is something they really wanted to do. But sharing their money with the Jews was also like paying back a debt because the Jews had already shared their spiritual blessings with the Gentiles. After I have safely delivered this money, I will visit you and then go on to Spain. And when I do arrive in Rome, I know it will be with the full blessings of Christ. My friends, by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the love that comes from the Holy Spirit, I beg you to pray sincerely with me and for me. Pray that God will protect me from the unbelievers in Judea and that his people in Jerusalem will be pleased with what I am doing. Ask God to let me come to you and have a pleasant and refreshing visit. I pray that God who gives peace will be with all of you. Amen. Romans chapter 16 I have good things to say about Phoebe, who is a leader in the church at Sencreae. 
welcome her in a way that is proper for someone who has faith in the Lord and is one of God's own people. Help her in any way you can. After all, she has proved to be a respected leader for many others, including me. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila. They have not only served Christ Jesus together with me, but they have even risked their lives for me. I am grateful for them, and so are all the Gentile churches. Greet the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Epinetus, who was the first person in Asia to have faith in Christ. Greet Mary, who has worked so hard for you. Greet my relatives, Andronicus and Junius, who were in jail with me. They are highly respected by the apostles and were followers of Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend, whose faith is in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, who serves Christ along with us. Greet my dear friend Stachys. Greet Apelles, a faithful servant of Christ. Greet Aristobulus and his family. Greet Herodian, who is a relative of mine. Greet Narcissus and the others in his family who have faith in the Lord. Greet Trophina and Trophosa, who work hard for the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis. She also works hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus, that special servant of the Lord, and greet his mother, who has been like a mother to me. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus and Hermas, as well as our friends who are with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus and his sister, and Olympus, and all God's people who are with them. Be sure to give each other a warm greeting. All Christ's churches greet you. My friends, I beg you to watch out for anyone who causes trouble and divides the church by refusing to do what all of you were taught. Stay away from them. They want to serve themselves and not Christ the Lord. Their flattery and fancy talk fool people who don't know any better. I'm glad that everyone knows how well you obey the Lord. But still, I want you to understand what is good and not have anything to do with evil. Then God, who gives peace, will soon crush Satan under your feet. I pray that our Lord Jesus will be kind to you. Timothy, who works with me, sends his greetings. And so do my relatives, Lucius, Jason and Sosipater. I, Tertius, also send my greetings. I am a follower of the Lord, and I wrote this letter. Gaius welcomes me and the whole church into his home, and he sends his greetings. Erastus, the city treasurer, and our dear friend Quartus send their greetings too. Praise God! He can make you strong by means of my good news, which is the message about Jesus Christ. For many ages this message was kept secret, but now at last it has been told. The Eternal God commanded his prophets to write about the good news so that all nations would obey and have faith. And now, because of Jesus Christ, we can praise the only wise God for ever. Amen. <laughs> 